<laughs> so uh, um, I'm, a, I'm a little nervous about that. But if somebody was out in the ocean and, uh, and they fell off the boat that they were on and, and they were out there in the water. Matter of fact, my grandfather was in World War II and um, it was my mother's dad. And he was on a uh, carrier called the USS uh, Hornet. It's a, it's a Navy ship. And um, uh, the USS Hornet, well, that's a ship. There's been several USS Hornets, and the reason is because they kept getting shot, <laughs> blown up, and, and decommissioned. And so he was on that at, when it got bombed by, by some planes, and uh, it started going down. And he and some other guys, he found a, a way out for a bunch of people who were below deck. My grandfather found a way out and led a bunch of people out, and they jumped out into the ocean, and they, they were like Paul and them in, in the book of Acts when they were grabbing pieces of board, whatever they could find to float, and they floated in the water for hours and hours and hours. All they wanted was one thing, a Savior. That's all they wanted. All I need is a Savior. I don't need a million dollars. You know, I, I'm sure they were hungry and they were thirsty, but I don't need something to eat and I don't need something to drink. I don't need to go buy McDonald's right now. All I need is a Savior. If, if somebody could just throw me a life preserver, if somebody could just give me a lifeboat, something I could get in that would save my life, I'll be okay. And everybody, in their heart of hearts, they can tell you whatever they want to tell you, but everybody wants a Savior. Because there's something in us that cries out for self-preservation. And uh, when, when you're a kid, and, and how many of you as kids were ever out playing in the swimming pool or in the lake or something, and, and everybody started dunking each other? You all remember doing that? And so people, whoosh, you know, and you sneak up behind your buddy, and, and you jump. And, and we didn't just lay hands on them, you know, but like we like jumped on them, <laughs> right? And 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 uh, I remember one time a guy doing that to me, and he's a little bit bigger than me, and he was one of those scrawny guys like Brother Jimmy was talking about Sunday morning, and I still can't believe Brother Jimmy thinks he was scrawny, but but he he jumped he jumped on me and pushed me down, and and well I thought well okay, and then I'll come up, and but he just kept holding me down, and anybody ever had that feeling of fear come over you, and. It's amazing. Y'all don't even know how strong I am. <laughs> Till something like that happens. And, and buddy, I came up fighting. I wanted some air. I wanted some air. Everybody, Because there's, there's a sense of self-preservation in everybody. And that pertains to your natural, but it also pertains to your spiritual being. And everybody wants to be saved. Nobody wants to go to hell. And I know people have written songs about highway to hell and, and, and here's where I'm headed and this is where I'm going and, and acted like they were real braggadocious about it. But I, I'm going to tell you right now, when, when there's about a few seconds between them and eternity, nobody wants to go to hell. Nobody wants to go to hell. Everybody wants to be saved. The problem is, while everybody wants to be saved, not everybody wants to serve the Lord. And it is impossible to have a Savior unless you make Him Lord. 
It is impossible to have a Savior if you do not make Him Lord. Now, I want you to, to, to notice um, how often the Bible refers to Jesus as the Lord Jesus. Acts uh, 19.5 said that when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts 7.59 said they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, uh, Lord, Je- uh, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Acts 22.16, And now, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. This is people looking for a Savior, but also knowing the Savior is the Lord. Romans 10 and 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Philippians 2 and 9, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Lord Jesus Christ, that specific phrase, that's mentioned 84 times in the Bible, Lord Jesus Christ. So the the New Testament scriptures are very clear to declare to us that Jesus is not only my Savior, but He is to be my Lord. And it is important for us to fully embrace the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It's, it's important that we do it. But let me ask you a question. Why is it so easy, easy for us to say that, but so difficult for us to live it? Why is it so easy for people to say, I want Him to be Lord of my life, but so difficult for them to live that declaration that they've made. And I've struggled with it at times. You've struggled with it at times. And we know people who probably are currently struggling with that particular thing. Um, I'm going to tell you tonight that uh, the 23rd Psalm is a beautiful psalm. I love the 23rd Psalm. It's never become old to me. There's so, so many rich things contained within it. But the promise of the 23rd Psalm is contingent in us being able to say this. The Lord is my shepherd. We can't get none of the rest of it if we don't get that part right. The Lord is my shepherd. He's not just your shepherd or her shepherd or his shepherd. He's my shepherd. And because he's my shepherd, he's also now my Lord. If we don't have that part right, then we won't get anything else correct. That word Lord in the Bible, it means uh, he to whom a person or a thing belongs. About which that person that has the belonging power has the power of deciding. They are master, they are Lord. They are the possessor, the disposer of a thing, the owner. Watch this. The one who has control. Somebody say control. The one who has control of the person. 
They've got to have control. So I'm going to tell you tonight, and I'm, going to, I'm getting to where I'm headed. Just give me a moment. But I'm going to tell you tonight that lordship is not an option for us if we want to go to heaven. Lordship is not an option. We don't, we, we don't get to, to pick and choose about uh, whether or not he becomes lord of our life and us still get to go to heaven. We, it is an all-or-nothing deal. And we're living in a society that that has become increasingly rare. Increasingly rare. Well, I'll take this, but I won't take that. And Brother Terry Schock said it like this one time. He said, we've got too many buffet Christians in the world today. And they get their tray, and they put their plate on it, and they start going down the line. And they say, you know what, that looks good. I'll have some of that right there. Give me, if it's me, and I'm at, why didn't they keep Ron's on the, on the name over there? Anybody know that? I just feel, it feels wrong to go over there now. I'm going to go, though. But when I would go by Ron's, you know, I'd give me some of that, let me get some of that Cajun uh, catfish right there. That's good stuff. Let me get some fries, some hush puppies, and some macaroni and cheese. And, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm messing up now, aren't I? goodness don't give me any squash and don't give me any broccoli and now my wife will eat the broccoli you know don't give me any and and we got too many people that are living for god that way and they're going through and and i'm not and i don't i don't want to come across like i'm just here to pick on everybody and, and and point out but but let me let me pastor for just a moment we've got a lot of people who love a move of god like we had here sunday if if you didn't if, if you didn't enjoy the presence of the Lord here Sunday, you need to pray through. You need to pray through. It was strong. It was powerful. It and 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 just about everybody loves that. But not everybody loves what brings that. That didn't just happen Sunday. There was prayer that brought that. There was fasting that brought that. There was. There was preparation that brought that. There was hunger that brought that. There was worship and praise that helped bring that. And, and there was response to the word that brought that. And so not everybody wants to grab a hold of some of those things. And you want that, but you don't want to. Well, if we don't have all the right ingredients, we won't get what we need. And if we don't have the right ingredients... For lordship, we won't get true lordship. We'll get our perverted view of lordship. That's messed up. And that, that follows the world that we live in today. And, and, and it, will be a, it will be a far less than substitute than what God really wants us to have. Lordship is, is turning and giving complete devotion and control over to someone else. This is what Jesus said. And this has to do with lordship. He said in Matthew 6.24. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or else he'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot. You cannot. Jesus said. You, you, you. He did not say that some people can and most people can't. He said you can't. It's impossible. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot give God 
partial control in your life and give something else partial control in your life. At some point or another, you're going to choose one or the other. You will choose one. Something will get a hold of you. And, and this is why people who try to live for God halfway, the Laodicean church that's lukewarm, that's got one foot in and one foot out, this is why at some point they either jump in the church or they jump out of the church. Be, and this is Wednesday night, so I'm going to probably say it a little bit stronger right now. But, oh, pastor, I'll be here. I'm going to be here next Sunday. Oh, my goodness. The Lord blessed me today. What a, what a touch I got. I'll be here Wednesday night. And then by the time Wednesday night gets here, they found they couldn't quite get that leg up over that fence from this direction. So they went this direction. And, and, and I hate that point. I don't want that to happen to anybody. I'm not glad that that would happen to anybody. What's wrong? What's happening there? They couldn't give him lordship. They, 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 they sat down and they, and here's what's sad. They sat down and they counted the cost. And they weighed it all out. And they said, I could give him lordship, but in order to do that, I'm going to have to let go of this. And they make the calculated decision that says, I'd rather hold on to this than to make him lord of all. And so, and so they go by the wayside. And it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. And don't ever think that we don't face those uh, same issues and those same temptations from time to time, no matter how long some of us have lived for God. There, there are way too many stories of shipwreck of people who've been doing this a lot longer than any of us. And yet something came along and, and took them down. Because when they waited out for that moment, they chose this rather than this. That is eternal. So... This isn't just a prayer we pray. It must be a way we think, and it must be a life that we seek to live. And so I'm going to tell you that there are four ingredients to giving Jesus Christ lordship over your life, all right? Four ingredients to giving him lordship. And before I do that, let me tell you this. When he rises to preeminence, preeminence there won't be one area of your life that is not affected by him being lord of all when he really has risen to the top there will not be one place in your life that god doesn't that god does not affect that thing in your life can i can i meddle just a moment before i give you the ingredients tonight i'll be all right i talked to the pastor about it he said it'd be okay It's amazing, it's amazing sometimes where we think it's okay to exclude God from. It's amazing the, the places we think it's okay to exclude God from. Well, you know, uh, God cares about my spirituality, but he doesn't really care a whole lot about my, my job situation. So, I'll, so I, I'll just do something because it's a jo- I have to have a job. I've got to take care of my family. He doesn't, he that doesn't, care for his own is worth worse than an infidel and and okay that's not just talking about 
buying stuff for your family, by the way. I'm talking about spiritual things too, but but you're, you're getting you're getting your priorities out of place there because because you've got to let his lordship influence how you how you relate to your job. And students, you've got to let his lordship influence how you relate to being a student. And husbands, you've got to allow his lordship to relate to how you are a husband. And wife, you've got to allow his lordship to dictate to you how you relate as a wife. And you can just go down the list. And there is not one place in your life that he should not have influence. And so this is where some of our children get messed up. Is because if we as parents are not consistent in that. And we teach them as they grow up. And we teach them by our actions and not just our words. And am I, am I doing alright right now? Okay. We teach them. We say, we say, uh, it's it's okay for you to to uh, prioritize this over God's lordship in your life. And but I would never say that. I would never say that. No, but you show it. And 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 so they grow up. And as they grow up, that's ingrained in them, and they have been trained that way. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. I didn't mean to meddle in all this, but I feel like we're doing okay, all right? Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. It doesn't say train up a child in the way you think he, that he should go. But in the way that he should go. There is a way that seemeth right to a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. So I'm not looking for my way. I'm asking God, what is your way? What is your way? God, what is your way? What would you have me to do, God? How would you have me to parent my children? How would you have me to pastor this church? I don't want to do it my way. I want to do it his way. Because I can think a lot of things. But his ways are above my ways. And his thoughts, they're above the thoughts I think. So it doesn't matter what I come up with. It doesn't matter what I come up with. I've got to go back to his lordship. And I don't, and I am, I am, I know I've been on this parenting kick lately, and I hope y'all are okay with that. And please, I I left here Sunday and I was a little bit concerned because I know I set Asher up. Uh, for two things. I set him up to probably be criticized by somebody who, who if they want to be critical, uh, they could do that. And I set him up for the devil to probably try to attack him because, because of what I did. Uh, we, all, we okay? So I'm not trying to elevate my kid above anybody else's kid. So when I brought him up here, it's because what I saw in that moment. And if I'd have seen it on yours right there, I'd have brought them up too, okay? But what I saw in that moment, and as a dad, it, it moved me so much. Because I saw such a, a, a cry in his heart for God. And I'm, I'm doing everything, everything, everything I can to keep that passion alive in him. And I'm asking God, and I'm praying at night going to bed and saying, God, 
Help Erica and I to be parents, godly parents that can train up our children the way you want them to go. And I'm praying because I am scared to death. Any other parents in here scared? It scares me to death that God would entrust me. I couldn't keep a goldfish alive. We just took a turn, didn't we? <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't keep goldfish alive when I was growing up. And, you know, and, and, and I'd have one of those things about two days, and I'd get up next morning, they'd be floating at the top of the tank. And I was trying to figure out what I was doing wrong. Turns out everybody was doing it wrong, whatever it is. I don't think anybody's hardly been able to keep those jokers alive. And so me, who couldn't do that, God, God's allowed me to be a parent to two great kids. But more important than that, to two souls. And it scares me to death. Because I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to mess it up. And I won't get everything right, and I know that. I know that I'm not going to get everything right, but but I I don't want to get so much wrong that I put them on a wrong path. So I'm doing everything I can to try to train them and show them I don't want to say anything. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to give them any example at all that when they get older, they look back at me and say, Dad, you would always say this. You preach this, but but your actions kept saying this. So all the things that we consider to be important, uh, I, 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 I want them to have, let God have lordship in all of it. What they do for a living. We talk about that stuff. We were driving down the road the other day talking about it. And what was it? I, I need my glasses so I can see. What was it he was saying he wanted to do the other day? We had gone to the restaurant or something. He was, he was saying something, be a rancher. He wants to be a rancher, you know, and uh, and his mom was <laughs> his mom was trying to. Oh no, no, I know it was. He wants to be a rancher, but he's he's on a kick right now. He wants to be a professional hunter. He wants to be a professional hunter. I mean, he wants he's ready to have his own YouTube uh, show and everything. And <laughs> you're gonna be able to pull him up on your phones and and. And he's, I mean, he's gotten it, he's, he can tell you, you know, this, Dad, I could do it, man. I could travel all over the world. And, and so we said, well, where are you going to go to church? <laughs> I, it's Wednesday night, and I hope y'all are okay. I'm talking to the church. I said, where are you going to go to church, buddy? I said, well, I said, there's, I, well, I don't know. <laughs> said well you know i'd really like you you need to you may not always be a part of sanctuary though i want you to but you got to have a place to go to church and you got to be faithful there and you got and his mom and i are telling us you got to be faithful she's really getting him because i was kind of being like well maybe you can try to and she's like no you, you just hush
And we don't call our kids. We're not trying to call our kids, okay? But we are trying to put ambition for ministry of some kind in their hearts. Okay, so understand that. I'm not calling my son to be a pastor or preacher. But I am calling him saying God's got something for you. So what if God calls you to be a preacher? What if God calls you to be a missionary? Or he calls you to do something. What are you going to do then? Well, I, I, I'll do that and I'll just, I'll just hunt on the side. You know. <laughs> now that may seem like a funny conversation. But I'm, I'm trying to be intentional. And make him think. That when he gets older, he says, you know what? There were some things that I used to say I want to do, but mom and dad always kept going back to, it's got to be God first. It's got to be God at the center of everything. And if he's not, we've missed the boat. If he's not, we've missed the boat. So we've got to put lordship in them, okay? We've got to put lordship in them. And, uh, and here's the four ingredients I want to give you tonight. You cannot have lordship without these things. The first one is this, love. You've got to have a love for God. You've got to have a love for God. You've got to have, when I say God, you know, He is, the Bible says that uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. So God is the Word, and the Word is truth. And He said, I am the way and the truth. So you've got to have a love for God. You've got to have a love for His truth. And if we don't love truth, that's when, we, that's when we fall into the issue Paul talked to the Thessalonian church about where he said you begin to, uh, you'll, you'll fall into deception. You'll believe a lie and you'll be damned. You will believe a lie and be damned if you do not have a love for the truth. So thank you, Nina O'Connell. Sean, am I right? Thank you, Nina O'Connell, for coming in into my room at night whether I was asleep or not she didn't care and praying over me saying God let my boys crying while she's doing it let my boys have a love for truth when some of our family went a different direction and it devastated my mother and she grabbed me I was old enough Sean was a little younger then but she grabbed me enough to say Kenneth Whatever you do, whatever your dad and I do, if we ever lose our minds and walk away from God and backslide, don't you ever do it. You've got to love the truth. You don't just need to know this. You've got to love it. You've got to love it. And so all my life I've been praying, God, help me love the truth. Help me love the truth. And every night when we go to bed, I pray, God, help my kids to learn, live, and love the truth. I'm praying it over them. So something gets in there. We've got we've to have a love for God and his truth. If we're going to make it. The Bible said Paul was speaking. He said it is the love of Christ that constrains us. If I'm going to have lordship. There's going to have to be something that constrains me every once in a while. When I want to go my own way. And it is the love of Christ that constrains us. His for me and mine for him. The fact that he loves me and the fact that I love him. There's been some times in my life, there's not a person in this room that could probably say something different. If you can, please don't tell the rest of us because we won't like you very much. 
There's probably not anybody else in this room, though, who cannot say, who would disagree with me when I say this. There were times in my life I wanted, I wanted to go out and, and, and partake of sin and be a part of something that, that was not godly. Thank you all for not leaving me out there on that island all alone. There were times I wanted to. Everything in me cried out to. But you know what? I loved him. And I didn't want to disappoint the Lord. And I made mistakes. Trust me. And I sinned and I fell. But I never did get immersed in things. And a big part of it was because the love of Christ constrained me. It had a hold on me. And I thank God for it. If he's going to have lordship, there's got to be love there. Um, the se- I'm going to move on from a couple of things I had under that. The second thing that you've got to have is trust. Everybody say trust. I've got to trust that his way is better than my way. I've got to trust that he knows better than I know. I've got to trust that he has a plan that is greater than my plan. I've got to trust that how he gets me there, wherever there is in my life, how he gets me there, that's the best route. Whether it's the one I would have chose or not, it's the best route if he took it me that way. And I've got to trust him on those things. I've got to trust him. I've, got to, I, 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 I've told you before, when you can't track him, trust him. And when I cannot see what he's doing, when I cannot understand the way he's taking me, all I can do is trust him. Sometimes it feels like, what do they call those, those sleep things they put on your eyes and that little mask? Sleep mask? Sometimes I ask questions I wish I hadn't. (laughs) Sometimes it feels like we put on one of those sleep masks. And we can't see a thing. All I can do is hear him. Saying, come this way. And I follow his voice. Stop right here. We're going to. We're going to go around, just, you, all you, all you get, just hold on to me. You can't see, but just hold on to me, and I'll take you where you need to go. And he begins to lead me. And I can't see a thing where I'm going. All I know is I can trust him, because he's never failed me yet. And he's never taken me one place that he hadn't already been there before I ever got there to take care of me. No wonder the songwriter said, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word. If I'm going to have his lordship, I've got to love him, and I've got to trust him. And the third thing is, I've got to submit to him. I've got to submit to him. When I talk about submission... There's a couple things I want to point out here. One of them is this. 
We've got to get to the point where we have the ability to govern ourselves. God is not going to make you do anything this side of the trumpet sounding. Not going to make you. I know the scripture said, I read it this, this evening, that uh, one of these days every knee would bow. Every tongue will confess. Jesus Christ is Lord. But you know what? That night's not tonight. It's not happening right now. He's not going to make me submit to his will. He's not interested in that. He wasn't interested in it with Adam and Eve. He wasn't interested in it with Noah, with Abraham, with Isaac, Jacob. Just go down the list of the patriarchs and and the leaders of Scripture. He was never interested in doing that. What he was interested in was people who would make make it a point of their life to submit to his will for them. We've got to get to where we have the ability to govern self. Where we take enough. We, we get enough backbone to say, I will not be driven to and fro by my flesh. It will not happen. It will not happen. I will not allow my flesh to tell me what I will do and what I won't do. Now, come on, folks. You don't even have to have the Holy Ghost to tell your flesh no sometimes. There's people without the Holy Ghost who have who have disciplined their lives to such a degree that they've accomplished great things. You know why? Because they submitted to whatever their Lord was. Let me tell the story of uh, the, the, the great singer Luciano Pavarotti. He's a classical singer and, and uh, one, of the, one of the great tenors. And... He, he said he was trying to decide if he was going to be a singer or if he was going to be something else. Maybe I think maybe it was a doctor. I can't remember. But he was trying to decide between those two vocations which path he would choose. And his father told him. He said, Luciano, he said, there are two chairs. But you cannot sit in two chairs. You can only sit in one chair. So pick a chair, and whatever chair you pick, make it your chair. And so he said, I decided I would become a singer. And so he, he got his chair, and he, he sat down in that chair. And he said, and from that day on, whenever I came to a crossroads in my life, and I had to make a great decision, I always said, how, how is this going to affect the chair that I'm sitting in? How is this going to affect the future that I have chosen for myself? And I am going to tell you tonight that if we don't submit, if we don't begin to look at everything that comes our way and say, how is this going to affect God's will for my life? How is this going to affect God's plan for my life? And submit to God's will and God's plan. If we don't do that, we won't get to this lordship thing I'm preaching about tonight. And we won't get to where he's taken us. And I won't be who God wants me to be in ministry. And you won't be who God wants you to be in ministry. If we don't submit. We've got to get to the ability to govern self. And sometimes say no. 
And the other thing I wanted to mention about submission is this. Uh, when we're talking about submission, that, in, that, that insinuates that we are going to keep our spirit right when our flesh disagrees. I've got to keep my spirit right when my flesh disagrees. Keep my spirit right when my flesh disagrees. So it's one thing for my flesh to disagree with God and me be ticked off about it. But it's another thing for me to say, you know what? My flesh really wants to do this, but God, this is what you've spoken to me about it. So, so I'm going to embrace that and I'm not going to have a bad attitude about it. Oh, help me, Lord, to keep my spirit right about what you would say to me. And then the fourth ingredient, if we're going to have his lordship, we've got to have a love for him. We've got to have trust for him. We've got to submit to him. And the fourth thing is we must obey him. We must obey him. To obey is better than sacrifice. To obey is better than sacrifice. And I think sometimes as Pentecostals, we get real caught up with sacrifice. Uh, and, and by that, I, to, be, to be even more specific, we get real caught up with things like a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice of worship. We, you know that, we really get caught up with that. But uh, whether you come in here and, and, and you shout or not, if 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 you can obey God, you're going to be all right. And some people come in here and shout, but they don't obey God. And that's missing it. I want this ingredient in my life. I want to obey him. I, I, I want to understand. I want to sacrifice, but I, I want to know that obedience is better than sacrifice. Without follow through. It is impossible to honor him as Lord. If God has said something, but yet we do not follow through on what he has said, we are not honoring him as Lord. In those parables in the scripture, when Jesus would talk about perhaps the vineyard, and, and Jimmy, you were using the one the other day about the Lord of the vineyard and, and the dressers in, in the vineyard and, or the garden. And the Lord of the garden comes and he says, uh, you need to take that tree down. It's not producing fruit. And so the dresser of the vineyard said, Lord, let me dig about it and let me let me fertilize it. And let's give it another opportunity. And he said, OK, but but here's the thing. Um, the, the one who came was the Lord over that garden. He was the Lord over that vineyard. And uh, when when he gave the word. Whatever word he gave is what the dresser had to do. Whether it was take it up and throw it out, or whether it was to fertilize it and, and try to save it. Whatever the Lord said is what he had to do. And if the dresser had not followed through on what the Lord had said, the Lord would not actually have been his Lord. Does that make sense? So if we do not follow through on what God has said, he is not really our Lord. If I, don't, if I don't follow through on what he's speaking to me, he's not Lord to me. I might want him as Savior, but he's not Lord. And, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm so desirous tonight 
that we get past all of that superficial stuff and we don't and we never become a church that thinks and I know I say this from time to time but let me hit it again we don't ever become a church that thinks that because we have a certain kind of church that our services uh, have a certain feel to them and, and people are blessed just by being in the building and, and we have good church. Let me put it that way. Just because we have good church that we've got all this thing figured out. There's a lot of people having good church and he's not Lord of their life. And I'm not interested in just having good church. I want to have good church. I want to. But if all we do is come in here on Sunday and I just get up and, and, and speak from, from the scripture and, and talk to you in a monotone voice, but whatever said gets a hold of you and, you and you make him Lord of your life, we're doing good. We're doing good. And, and, and we've got to get to the root of this thing. We've got to get to the heart of the matter. And that is that we're not just trying to out-church somebody else's church. Hello. I'm not trying to out-church anybody. There's a lot of wonderful churches. We're not trying to be better than them. We're not trying to, to make people want to be a part of our church over that church. It's not what we're interested in. We're, part, we're, we're interested in getting Jesus as the Lord of our life. Be the Lord of my life. Bill, could you come help me? And without, without us following through in obedience, it's impossible to honor him as Lord. So I want those four things. I want to have a love for him. I want to have a trust in him. I want to submit to him. And I want to obey whatever it is he would tell me to do. And if I can do those things, I will have put him on the throne of my life. If I can do those things, I will have established him where he needs to be. And those four areas right there, those four areas, if I can get it right with those things, I'm not going to struggle with anything else. I won't struggle with faithfulness. I won't struggle with giving. I won't struggle with holiness. I won't struggle... With loving my brother. I won't struggle with anything. If I can get those four areas right. Because any issue that I'm going to have. Brother Clinton. Any issue. It can be covered by one of those things. If I've got it right. That's what I want. That's what I want. Hallelujah. Could we just close our eyes right now in the presence of the Lord? I wish you'd just talk to God right now. You would just reiterate to Him, God, I'm not coming to you in some emotional fit right now. But I'm coming to you from a very real place in my spirit to tell you that more than I want anything else, I want you to be the Lord of my life. God, I don't always get things right and I make mistakes and I mess up. But when it's all said and done, I'm praying 
that you'll be the Lord of my life. I'm praying, God, that when my kids get older and they begin to go their own direction, there will be no question in their mind who is Lord of all. I'm praying, God, that as young people grow up in this church, there will be no question to them what mattered to those of us in this church. That it was that you ruled, you reigned, you sat on the throne of our lives. So God, we come to you tonight in earnest prayer. We ask you, Jesus. We ask you, Jesus, to come to us even this evening. Come again to us, Lord, this evening. I want you to know, God, I desire you. Jesus, be the Lord of all. Jesus, be the Lord of all. Jesus, be the Lord of all, the kingdoms of my heart. Let's stand and sing that. Jesus, be the Lord of all. Jesus, be the Lord of all. Jesus, be the Lord of all. The kingdoms of my And in order to do that, we're going to have to surrender. Jesus, I surrender all. Jesus, I surrender all. Jesus, I surrender all. The kingdoms of my heart. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room tonight. When He allows you to go through fire, He allows you to go through flood. And how you come through it is going to tell you who's the Lord of your life. Can you keep your spirit right? Can you keep your faith intact? Can you keep your eyes forward? Can you hold on when the wind batters? If you can, you'll know He's Lord of all.
you'll know he's Lord of all. One of my heroes is my father. Because I watched dad weather a storm. And unless, if I hadn't known the storm was going on, I never been privy to it, then I never would have had a clue. Because what was around him never got inside of him. And he is a hero to me. My dad's a great preacher. He's a tremendous teacher. And I thank God for all of that. He's, a, he's an awesome father. Let me tell you why he's, what makes him the greatest hero to me. Of, it's because my dad showed me how to keep living for God. No matter what came. And to keep him first. And to, don't, and to not let it affect my spirit. I don't know, I've always gotten it right, but that man has. And it's been a north star for me. Anytime something came that wanted to... All I had to do was look at my dad. All I had to do was look at my dad to see how to handle this. I don't know if you've had that kind of a person in your life, but you ought to find one. You ought to hold on. You ought to keep going. You ought to keep Jesus at the forefront. Let Him affect everything you do. Don't be embarrassed about it either. You have nothing to be embarrassed about. I promise you. I promise you when you stand before the Lord. You're not going to have one regret. That you went to whatever extreme you had to. To keep him as Lord. You're not going to regret one thing you gave up. You're not going to regret one thing you laid aside. But you will thank God. You will thank God that He graced you with the strength to do it. And He will. He will. I know we prayed, we've sang. Let's pray one more time right now. Let's just thank God. Because He's going he's gonna to help you. If you'll make the Lord your shepherd, you shall not want. <laughs> He'll make you to lie down in green pastures. He'll restore your soul. He'll lead you beside the still waters. He'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. If you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear evil. For He's with you. His rod, His staff, they'll comfort you. If the Lord is your shepherd. Not Kenneth O'Connell. I'm the under-shepherd, but if the Lord is your shepherd. If the Lord is your shepherd.